We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Welcome back to our big broadcast. We are live coast-to-coast, forward to the border on iHeartRadio today. Also, plus AM the stations. Across the country and around the world, you can find us each and every day over there at J-I-G-G-Y-J-A-G-U-A-R.com. Great guests coming up here in just a few on our big program, but we have got a brand new marketing part we want to tell you about today here at Transmedia Worldwide. Go ahead and check these folks out today. They are doing some amazing things. It is PeacemakerCoffeeCompany.com. That's right. Go over to PeacemakerCoffeeCompany.com. That's www.P-E-A-C-E-M-A-K-E-R-C-O-F-F-E-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y.com. PeacemakerCoffee.com. It is the perfect coffee. And it's getting to be fall, and you know, in the Get fall, us we drink lots and lots of coffee. Check out PeacemakerCoffeeCompany.com. Tune in iTunes. You, you can find us on the Plus, AMF and stations across the country and around the world. Worldwide. And of course, we've got a brand new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. They have a 100,000-pound goal, and we need you to help them get to it. It is for a great new GoFundMe campaign. It is GoFundMe.com. Search. Please help my cousin become a dentist. We want to help this young man's dream come true over there at GoFund.me. Slash. You're going to want to get a pen and write this down. It's GoFund.me. Slash. The number two, the number seven, the letter B, the number two. The number eight, the number one, the letter E, and the number zero. Want you to go over and check it out today. Give some of your hot money and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia, worldwide. Welcome back to our big broadcast. We are live coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio today. Also, plus AM Memphis stations. Across the country and around the world, you can find us each and every day over there at J-I-G-G-Y-J-A-G-U-A-R.com. Great guests coming up here in just a few on our big program, but we have got a brand new marketing part we want to tell you about today here at Transmedia Worldwide. Go ahead and check these folks out today. They are doing some amazing things. It is PeacemakerCoffeeCompany.com. That's right. Go over to PeacemakerCoffeeCompany.com. That's www.P-E-A-C-E-M-A-K-E-R-C-O-F-F-E-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y.com. PeacemakerCoffee.com. It is the perfect coffee. 
And it's getting to be fall, and you know, in the fall, we drink lots and lots of coffee. Check out PeacemakerCoffeeCompany.com and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Welcome back to our big broadcast. We are live coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio. We have got a great guest with us today. Brent joins us. Brent Hamchek, he is with us. He has got a tremendous new book. It's about Zelenko. How to uh, get just an amazing, amazing life story here of Dr. Zelenko. Uh, tell us a bit more about this book, Brent. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's a privilege. Uh, this book is, uh, it's, it's quite a piece of work. It is uh, a project that uh, Zeb and I started on back in August of 2021 in terms of uh, having an idea that, that he should probably commit for posterity his experience uh, that he lived through during the pandemic. And so we took on that project. And, you know, for anybody in your audience not familiar, uh, Dr. Vladimir Zelenko is literally the man who came up with an effective way to treat the virus back in March of 2020. If that sounds familiar, that's the month the lockdown started. And by the end of that month, he was already successfully treating patients. And instead of being proclaimed a national hero for so doing, he was vilified by government by the mainstream media, by Big Pharma, and by the entire medical establishment. Because quite frankly, his effective method for treating this virus, well, there just wasn't any money or power in it for anybody to be had. So people didn't want to have anything to do with his solution. And this book tells his story, his journey through that experience over the next two years before he passed away. We have got a great guest with us today. Brent joins us here on our big broadcast talking about the legacy of the great Dr. Zelenko. So tell me a little bit about why you decided to write this book. It's an incredible read, my friend. Tell us all about it. Well, he wanted to write the book because, uh, you know, he felt like a story needed to be told to uh, save humanity from going through the same experience that it went through during the pandemic. Uh, Zev was an Orthodox Jew who had family members that were lost in the Holocaust. And he made no pretenses whatsoever and had no reservations about calling what happened during the pandemic an attempted genocide. And his slogan for this was a slogan that'll sound familiar to your audience. His slogan really was never again. And so what he wanted to do is tell a story about how not only was treatment suppressed for millions when it was readily and cheaply available, but then also how a vaccine was forced upon them that was unproven, DNA-altering, and ultimately dangerous. And that was a story he felt needed to be told for the ages because he felt like the lessons were much bigger than just the pandemic. The lessons related to human nature, people's tendency to be too trusting, to not be critical thinking and not be skeptical. And he wanted to bring those elements to people's minds so they didn't let this happen to them again. We've got a great guest with us today, Brent Hamchek with us. He's got Zelenko. This is an incredible, incredible read. So tell me a little bit about what you want readers to take away from your writing. Well, that's, uh, that's fun. So let me tell you, the book is broken down into three sections. The first section 
gives people an opportunity to get to know Zev on a personal level, both from his uh, sort of his quick life story. He'd already written an autobiography back in 2018 when he was given his cancer diagnosis. So we hit the key points in his life. We share with people his journey through cancer. We share with them his philosophy. The next section of the book is all about what he went through during the pandemic. And I'm told that it reads a bit like a thriller. I'm not sure if that's true, but if, it's, if it is to whatever extent, that's a, that's a nice compliment. Tells about his conflicts with uh, Governor Cuomo, which were well publicized uh, in the state of New York, and tells about his uh, journey through the rest of it. In the final part of the book, you know, Zeb was known for three things. One was for successfully treating patients. The other was for insisting that this was a man-engineered virus. And the final one was to argue against the vaccine, especially for children. So what we do in the last section of the book is we make the case. Uh, We make the case for each of those three issues, that it was treatable, that it was man-engineered, and that the vaccine should be avoided. So, but going back to the notion of critical thinking and skepticism, look, if there's one thing that we want readers to take away, leaders, uh, their healthcare providers, the supposedly unbiased media, you know, they, they need to bring critical thinking and skepticism with them to everything they, to everyone they engage and to everything they read, because they didn't do it in the pandemic and it cost us a great cost lives. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast, talking about this incredible book with Zelenko. So tell me a little bit about uh, the the timeline and your writing process and, and bringing this book to life. Well, that's that's fun. I'm, I'm told by other writers that I write a bit manically. So the, the book, the idea for the book came up in August a year ago. We started to chip away at it with meetings while Zeb was overseas getting cancer treatment during the early and late fall. And then we sat down together the first week of January of this year, and we started to do interviews um, that were recorded that related to the topics in the book we wanted to address. Uh, we finished with those interviews around uh, the 15th of May. There's over 60 hours of recorded interviews, and I don't know how many hours of non-recorded interviews that we put together. And I started writing on May 15th and finished writing on or about August 15th. Uh, The book's about 330 pages long. It's a lot of writing. But, um, you know, once once you get started at something like this and uh, you have a little bit of a passion for it, uh, you know, you you just kind of go. And the other thing was we knew Zev was sick. And and we were always racing the clock to try to have the book finished before the cancer that he had that was terminal in nature, it's 100% terminal, um, took his life. And sadly, we didn't make it, or he didn't make it. He passed away at the end of June. But the good news is during the last six months of his life, working on the project, as he shared with me repeatedly, was what he felt was keeping him alive. Uh, because he really enjoyed the process, uh, as did I, uh, by the way. And it was an extraordinary personal and professional experience to, to be able to have. 
We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. You're listening to us here on iHeartRadio. 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. And uh, Brent Hamachek is with us, and he has got this incredible book on Zelenko. So tell me a little bit about what you uh, what you want folks to get out of the book. What are some of your goals for this incredible book? Well, first of all, I, the, the, the first goal is for people to buy it and read it. And I want to, to that end, I want to share something with your audience that is very important. And that is that uh, this book, where I was the last author standing by the time it actually was finished, uh, meant that I was the one to file the copyright, uh, which was not originally anticipated. But I've assigned that copyright to the Zelenko Freedom Foundation, the foundation that Zev launched uh, just before he passed away. And what I want uh, your listeners to know is that when they buy a book, that 100% of the proceeds over and above the cost of printing the book and shipping it, literally just those costs, all of it will go to the Zelenko Freedom Foundation uh, to benefit Zeb's causes and his legacy. So I think that's important. So we want you to buy a copy for yourselves. We want you to buy copies for your friends. And then we also want everybody to buy a copy for their local library. You know, libraries aren't going to get this book unless somebody buys it and donates it to them. And so we're hoping that at least one person in every town in the United States orders a copy of the book and uh, that they buy an extra one to go along to their to their local library. We have got Brent Hamachek with us today. He joins us live here on our big program, Coast to Coast, Bowler to Bowler on iHeartRadio today and also AMFF247.com. Tune in iTunes, and you can find us each and every day over there at J-I-G-G-Y-J-H-E-O-A-R.com. So what has been some feedback or criticism that you've gotten on the book so far? Well, the feedback so far, um, you know, I'm always always anxious for criticism, and I'm, I'm certain it'll be coming as a subject matter. But so far, the response has really been um, quite, quite favorable. I, I think maybe... The best response came from David Martin, who wrote the foreword for the book, who said in his foreword and who had shared privately that when he read the book, it was done so well and they felt as though he was sitting in a living room on a couch across from him and could hear him speaking to him. And, and that's been their folks who knew him as well. So the good news is, is that, look, both of our names are on the book, but it's his book and it's his story. Nobody cares about my story. And so if, um, if I was able to uh, come across in a way that people get a chance to have a sense of the man if they never knew him or to re-experience him if they did, uh, that's, that's a literary win. And so far the feedback seems to be that we, we touched on something there that works. We have got Brent Hamachek with us today. So did you have any issues getting this printed? Because I know that there's a lot of folks that uh, – are having issues getting some of this information out there. Did you run into any of this? Uh, no, because we, we went to the right sources, you know, from a fulfillment and printing perspective. This is like anything else. You know, uh, people like uh, like us are dissidents now in this country, so we're on the road to a, to a large extent in order to get things done and messages out. So no issues at all. And, you know, up until this point, a big hat tip to... Amazon, where the the book originally posted for sale, we will be 
um, also selling it through the foundation. But, um, you know, Amazon has uh, rightfully so drawn a lot of criticism for censorship on certain books, uh, but they haven't censored us to this point. And so we're kind of hoping that they won't uh, because it's been up for a couple of weeks. And uh, certainly we think that if they were going to do something, they'd have done it by now. So we're grateful to Amazon uh, for giving us a platform, doing the overnight printing uh, so we can get books out quickly. And uh, so far, so good. Good stuff. We have got a great guest with us today. Brent Hamachek is with us. He joins us live talking about his incredible book on the great Dr. Zelenko. So what are some things in this book that you uh, you think folks are going to learn that they didn't necessarily know about Dr. Zelenko? Well, I think uh, in, in literature and in, in theater, the, the hero's journey. You know, and the hero's journey is always that story of the unassuming person uh, who, because of circumstance, uh, gets a calling and uh, and suddenly they rise to greatness. There's a story about there, out there of uh, John F. Kennedy being asked about his courage and heroism when the PT-109 was incident took place. And reporters said, how did you find the courage? How did you do what you what you managed to do? And Kennedy's answer was supposedly, look, somebody sunk my ship. In other words, it wasn't looking to be a hero, but circumstances created a need. And in Zeb's case, uh, he was just an upstate New York family medical practitioner who had patients getting sick and dying and uh, wasn't going to wait around for the government to come up with an answer. So he started to dig on his own. And lo and behold, he, he came up with a treatment. And that treatment, you know, up until the time of his death, he had overseen the treatment of 7,500 um, pandemic patients with only three deaths. And that's, that's an extraordinary number. And you can sort of drop the mic um, on that statistic alone. But his treatment, which has been adopted by others and, and been used in some countries more than ours, uh, literally has saved millions of lives. And people will learn, by the way, you say, what will they learn? The other thing they'll learn is actually how the treatment works. You know, and we go into medical detail at a layperson's level to explain to them how it actually works. So you get, uh, you get a little bit of science and you get it, actually you get a lot of science, but you get it done in a way that everyone can understand. Um, as a writer, by the way, that was a big challenge for me because I'm not a scientist by background. So I had to learn a lot of stuff. And then I, after I learned it, I had to learn how to spit it back out in a way that other people would understand who basically were like me uh, and not scientists themselves. But, um, you know, so you'll, you'll learn a little, you'll get a little history, and you'll get a sense of a man who, uh, who took the hero's journey. That's awesome. This book is incredibly well written. You, you put a lot of time and effort into the book. Uh, what, what is some of your most proudest moments from this book? Oh, I, I, I don't know that I'd call it uh, proud per se, but I will tell you that the, the biggest a uh, moment was just simply the experience of getting to know Zev so well. We were friends before this started, but we became very close during this process. And I, I've said to others that the one thing about uh, getting a chance to meet and know this man is that you can't come out of the process and look in the mirror and lie to yourself about who and what you are. 
he is an encounter with pure truth. And that's truth not only as he told it, but it's truth in terms of the introspection he creates in anyone who gets to spend time with him. So um, for me, a life-altering experience, and I don't use that term um, with hyperbole or in exaggeration, literally a life-changing experience. And uh, so I guess to some extent I'm proud I could change, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, pride, pride doesn't necessarily come in the, in the light, except maybe to the extent that I know there's probably 100,000 people out there that write that would have loved to have done this project with him and yet I got chosen. And so to some extent, I suppose I can be proud of that. But uh, otherwise, just a remarkable man and a, a great privilege to work with him. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. We are coast to coast and border to border on iHeartRadio today and also AMFM 247.com. So what's next for you as an author, my friend? Well, it... <laughs> You make me chuckle, uh, <laughs> only because after I uh, finished writing this book with Zev, and I, I've written several books, uh, several of them ghost-written. Uh, this one with Zev uh, as a co-author. I wrote Charlie Kirk's first book with him as a co-author. But uh, when this was done, I said, no, I'm, I'm done writing uh, books with other people. If I write again, I'll write my own, or, or maybe I'll just fade away into the sunset. But literally an hour before this broadcast, I just agreed to, to a new book writing project with someone. Uh, I can't, can't tell you the name, can't tell you the details, but I can tell you my retirement lasted for about five minutes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, right back, I'm right back in the game. God help me and the, the readers God of the world. God help me. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big, big program. An incredible guest with us today. Uh, Brent Hamachek is with us. So do you have a specific writing style? Well, it, as a general rule, uh, as somebody who came out of the world of business uh, and who's writing up until the time I started working with Charlie Kirk and Turning Point USA, whose writing had really been driven in the world of business and as somebody who um, well, I've delivered national sales keynote speeches. So I'm a salesperson, right? And uh, by, by training, perhaps by nature a bit. So my writing style tends to be uh, persuasive and I try to construct what I always call a compelling argument. And that's whether I'm writing or it's in the world of business, uh, Perhaps if I'm talking to you right now, I might want to create a compelling argument for people to buy a book and support the foundation. But um, I, so I guess my writing style by nature is persuasive. And uh, of course, then you have to mitigate that a bit if you're, uh, you know, telling something that's biographical or, you know, just sharing stories. There's no point in trying to persuade somebody that a person's childhood was what it was. But uh so it's it's a fine line to walk, but that's what I default to. Fantastic. Fantastic. We have got a great guest with us today. Now, before we let you go, my friend, how do we get the book and get involved with what you're doing online? Well, that's great. So uh, you can go to zelenkobook.com, uh, and uh, that site will initially uh, redirect you to Amazon. Eventually, it'll be a direct fulfilled site as well for 
or uh, through the foundation and zelenkobook.com. And again, I, I got to stress, because this is all that really matters here. Every dime that, from the sale of this book goes to the foundation. And it's just critical for people to know that, that I've signed my rights over to them. It's their book, it's their cause. Um, and as for me, you know, I'm uh, with Human Events Media Group. We have human events in the post-millennial. An exciting campus program called Common Ground Campus. Uh, you can go to commongroundcampus.com and see the work we're doing to bring people together all across the country on college campuses and get them uh, talking about solving problems instead of fighting with each other. And uh, so I'm I'm around, but I'm far less interesting than Zev was in uh, in the book. So buy the book. It's more interesting than me. Well, you are amazing. Thanks for making some time for us today and uh, just appreciate you being on with us. I appreciate you uh, having me. Anytime somebody shares their microphone time in your business, that's the most valuable piece of real estate you want. So it's a privilege to be here. I really appreciate that sentiment. Have yourself a happy holiday, sir. Thanks so much. There he goes, the fantastic Brent Hamachek. That is that. We're going to take a break. We've got more coming up on the other side. Welcome back to our big broadcast. We are live coast to coast, forward to the border on iHeartRadio today. Also, 50 plus AM FM stations. Across the country and around the world, you can find us each and every day over there at J-I-G-G-Y-J-A-G-U-A-R.com. Great guests coming up here in just a few on our big program, but we have got a brand new marketing part we want to tell you about today here at Transmedia Worldwide. Go ahead and check these folks out today. They are doing some amazing things. It is PeacemakerCoffeeCompany.com. That's right. Go over to PeacemakerCoffeeCompany.com. That's www.P-E-A-C-E-M-A-K-E-R-C-O-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-
help them make this film and tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. Live and direct here on our world-famous Cheeky Jaguar radio broadcast. We are coast-to-coast. We are border-to-border on iHeartRadio today. We've got Harlan Ullman with us today. He's back with us talking about his latest project. So, Harlan, give us an update on what you've been doing, my friend. Tell us all about it. Uh, Well, James, it's always good to be with you. Um, I'm still out pushing my book, The Fifth Horseman and the New Mad, How Massive Attacks of Disruption Became the Looming Existential Danger. And I would say, James, that the biggest takeaway I would make for your listeners is that in the years since the book was published, I have been rather shocked to see that the situation internationally and domestically has deteriorated far more quickly than I thought. Obviously, in the war in Ukraine, but we're seeing unrest in Russia, in China. We're seeing economic slowdowns abroad. And in my last three columns in The Hill, I've argued that the biggest threats facing the presidents of Russia, China, and the United States are domestic and not each other. We see that with President Xi with the COVID responses. We see that with President Putin in the backlash to Ukraine. And Joe Biden has got to deal with what I call a broken American society, which is so divided between red and blue to make sensible government very, very difficult. And one of the arguments I want to make today is to propose something in the book that I think is essential to making government work, which is the idea of a chief operating officer. But for the moment, I'll turn the conversation back to you because I know there are various directions that you would like to see it go. Well, the uh, the one thing that, that I love about uh, all this is uh, you're not one of these righty or lefty kind of guys. You're, you're a down-the-middle kind of guy. Give us, give us your thoughts on uh, what you see going on. Yeah, I would say I'm a radical centrist. I think that one of the conclusions from the November election was not that democracy was at great risk, as people of the left thought but that extremists, that is, people who were too far to the right or the left, simply were not elected. But extremism, far left and far right, has not been defeated. And we have it sort of with a cancel culture on the far left and on the far right. And you have a former president saying that he wants to suspend the Constitution. That is not healthy. And so one of the things we have to do is to temper the extremist elements in our society and that means people, good people, good uh, people with good intentions of both left center and right center and center need to get together. Because unless we do this, the future of the country, as 80 percent of Americans believe, is in the wrong direction. And in my book, The Fifth Horseman, I try to put us back in the correct direction with a number of recommendations. And perhaps one we want to discuss is how to make government work much better which would mean taking up the idea of a chief operating officer and then reorganizing the branches of government on the Hill and in the White House for the 21st century, because in some ways there's still a remnant of how George Washington and the Congress ruled in 1789. Now, why why can't we get back to that? Uh, The way I would argue is that The definitive moment in our history, James, and I point to that in my book, was in early August 1964 when Congress, both houses, with only two dissenting votes, passed the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution. 
your listeners will recall that uh, an American destroyer was attacked by North Vietnamese PT boats, and two American destroyers were sent back uh, into the Tonkin Gulf, and they reported an attack that never took place. As a result, President Johnson requested the authority to use military force in Vietnam. That was the Tonkin Gulf Resolution, which got us into the Vietnam quagmire. At that point in time, about 80% of Americans trusted the government, trusted what politicians said, and were satisfied with the country. Uh, that was uh, about uh, 40, about almost uh, 75 years ago. Look how that's changed. And some of the reasons why it's changed uh, has to do with uh, government being incapable of providing government that people will accept. Uh, the second Iraq war, when there are weapons and no weapons of mass destruction, the fact that we failed in Afghanistan for 20 years, and then the fact that the country has become so divided on virtually every issue has led us to the point where we are. Uh, the American Constitution can only work, as I point out in my, my book, when at least one of three conditions is present. First, you have a veto-proof majority in the Congress and in the White House and five votes in the Supreme Court so that the administration is able to do what it wants. That has never happened in our history, even under Franklin Roosevelt, when he had huge majorities in Congress. He didn't have the Supreme Court. Second, a crisis rallies the country. Uh, tomorrow is Pearl Harbor Day. Pearl Harbor rallied a very divided nation, but COVID-19, in which more Americans, far more Americans have died than were killed in battle in every war we fought since 1775, uh, has divided the country over virtually every issue. And so we are now in a partisan position where people on one side don't want to speak to the other side. And anecdotally, 50 or 60 years ago, people were sometimes reluctant to marry outside their religion. Today, marrying outside your political affiliation, if you believe the polls, is very, very much discouraged, showing how badly the country is divided. Harlan Ullman with us today. Harlan is a very, very busy individual. He has got this incredible book out there, The Fifth Horseman. Uh, I know you've got a lot of things that you're doing today. Uh, before we let you go, my friend, where can people buy the book? Uh, the book is on Amazon. If we have a minute, James, I would like to talk about the need for a chief operating officer. Yes, yes. Let's go. Who runs the government? Who runs the government? If you take a look at the cabinet and the executive branch, you have the president, and the president is a pretty busy person. He currently is head of his party. Head of the nation, uh, head of government, head of the state. The cabinet are basically equal people in terms of seniority. So who runs it? The chief of staff to the president, Ron Klain, is neither appointed nor elected. And who liaises with the Congress? There's only one person in the Constitution who has got specific authority in both branches of government, the vice president who in the executive office is there to succeed the president if something happens, and is president of the Senate. Well, why not make, if you get the right person, because I do not think the current vice president is the right person, but in 2024, why don't we get the right person who obviously has got the ability to be the chief operating officer who can take the president's policies 
and translate them into the cabinet. That person will be senior to the cabinet so he can make decisions to ensure the railroads are running on time. And that's an interesting analogy given the fact that we almost had a strike. But also liaise with Congress, where uh, the vice president not only has an office in the Senate, but Dick Cheney also got an office in the House. And so I think that's a way that we can make government much more efficient. The administration has got $1.7 trillion it's going to spend on the Infrastructure and Jobs Act, the Chips and Science Act, and the misnamed Inflation Reduction Act on energy and environment. Who is in charge? Who is providing the oversight? Those are crucial questions. And if we had a chief operating officer, that would be the person to make sure that all this got, got done efficiently and effectively. Because quite frankly, government is not very good at running these programs. We've seen, for example, from COVID relief and the Personal Paycheck Protection Program, billions of dollars were fraudulently stolen because there was no oversight. So this government needs a chief operating officer, and we also need to reorganize. Why do you need a Department of Education uh, when the issue is knowledge and learning? Not everybody needs a college degree. Why do you need a Department of Agriculture when the number of independent farmers is statistically negligible? Where is our Department of Technology or Human Resources or Information? We are not organized for the 21st century. And similarly in Congress, where is the leadership of Congress organized so that it has the equivalent of a National Security Economic Council we can bring together the leadership of both parties who agree in advance on what can be done and can't be done. These are steps that can be taken. They do not require congressional action necessarily in terms of new laws. They don't require changes to the Constitution, and they can make the government far more effective and efficient and turn around the attitudes of some 80 percent of Americans who think we're going in the wrong direction. Well, you have got some incredible ideas, my friend. Thanks for uh, making some time for us today. Before we let you go, how do we get the book and get involved with everything online? Well, the issue here, James, is uh, go to Amazon.com. The book will be there in a day or two, uh, even though it's been on the market for a year. As I said, conditions are deteriorating. I think we are greatly exaggerating the threats posed by China and Russia, not that they are challenges, but we haven't looked sufficiently in terms of their weaknesses. Russia is losing in Ukraine. The Russian army is not as powerful as we once thought. And China President Xi not only has these huge riots and protests, which are not uncommon, but he's got huge demographic problems. He's got economic problems. He's got a huge budget and deficit problem. He's got a real estate bubble to deal with. He's got an underclass of perhaps three or 400 million Chinese that require economic growth. So his hands are full. And my argument is, all right, these countries are going to challenge us. We have interests that clash. But we need to follow Teddy Roosevelt's guidance to speak softly and carry a big stick. We shouldn't go out of the way advertising them as our enemies, for which we have to be prepared to fight a war. We should be doing that with much more silence and focusing on the weaknesses that are to our advantages. And the areas where we have common interests, such as the environment, uh, global warming, climate change, 
and arms reduction so we don't get into a situation where inadvertently can spark a conflict that gets out of control and leads to World War III. This requires imagination. It requires common sense. It requires courage. And I can only hope that our country is capable of doing this uh, as we have been in the past. But quite frankly, as I note in my column on Monday yesterday, the biggest problem Joe Biden faces is a divided, broken American society. And it would probably take an Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and Franklin Roosevelt to repair that. But we only have one president at a time. And people ought to be really, really worried about the domestic state of politics in this country, because unless we turn that around, I will guarantee you two things. Our standard of living for virtually every American is going to decline, and the American dream is going to be something of the past. And that would be a huge, huge sin and derelict on our part if we pass it on to future generations without taking action now. Well, I always appreciate... uh your candor, your feedback, and uh, always, always enjoy chatting with you. Thanks for making some time for us today, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day. I hope so, James, and and happy holidays to you and your listeners, and please buy the book, The Fifth Horseman and the New Mask. Definitely. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you, sir. There he goes, Harlan Ullman. He's with us today here on our big broadcast. Big broadcast. We are live coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio today. Also, 50 plus AM Memphis stations across the country and around the world. You can find us each and every day over there at J I G G Y J A G U A R dot com. Great guests coming up here in just a few on our big program, but we have got a brand new marketing part we want to tell you about today here at Transmedia Worldwide. Go ahead and check these folks out today. They are doing some amazing things. It is PeacemakerCoffeeCompany.com. That's right. Go over to PeacemakerCoffeeCompany.com. That's www.peacemakerCoffeeCompany.com. A-N-Y.com. Peacemakercoffee.com. It is the perfect coffee. And it's getting to be fall, and you know, in the fall, we drink lots and lots of coffee. Check out PeacemakerCoffeeCompany.com and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Just crank it. Jiggy Jaguar podcasting from www.jiggyjaguar.com. I love the way he says Triple W. I don't know why. The late great brother Ken bring us in. Get a hold of us online at jiggyjaguar.com. That's J I G G Y J H U A R dot com. Thanks for tuning in to the big broadcast from the K Jag Radio Studios. In downtown Edison, Kansas, we are live as live can get each and every day. 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, 1 PM Mountain Standard, and of course, 24-7 at J-I-G-G-Y-J-E-G-Y-R.com on the TuneIn apps. 
Also, check out On Demand Podcasts and Archived Audio at iHeartRadio. 50-plus AM FM stations, including our good friends at KFRK in Denver, and of course, selected editions will be available on amfm247.com. Live videos available on Twitch, Periscope, and on Facebook. And, of course, you can follow us on social media as well. And our videos are uploaded each and every day to Rumble, YouTube, Clout Hub, BitChute, and, of course, our good friends over there on Facebook. Broadcasting live each and every chance we get over there at JiggyJaguar.com. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of our big broadcast. So let's talk about a brand new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. You could go over to GoFund.me slash C83D8E20. You will find abused mother of five girls, two with health issues, and they need some of your hard-earned money. They have a $25,000 goal, and they need to get there, and they need your help. Go over to GoFundMe.com. That's G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M and search. Abused mother of five girls, two with health issues. They're dealing with a lot right now. They're trying to find work where they can still be with the children. But the bills are piling up, and the holidays, ladies and gentlemen, are just right around the corner. And they need a little help. Go over to G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M and search. Abused mother of five girls, too, with health issues. Or get a pen, write this down, check it out today. It is G-O-F-U-N-D dot M-E slash the letter C, the number eight, the number three, the letter D, the number eight. The letter E, and the number two, and the number zero. Check it out today and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. We got more coming up. Zero share. And we switch gears to our next guests who join us live here on our big, big program. You're joining us here on iHeartRadio and also AMFM247.com. Tune in iTunes. And uh, without further ado, we've got two great guests. Go ahead and introduce yourselves, and uh, we'll jump off the good foot and do the bad thing here, my friends. Uh, hi, I'm Fiona Gillespie. And I'm Elliot Cole. So tell us a little bit about uh, your musical stylings and everything. <laughs> uh, go for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we wrote this piece based on an old Scottish ballad. And it is a folk, rock, early music opera is what we like to call it. Fantastic, fantastic. So, cool. so give us give us a little bit on each of your backgrounds in uh, in music. Go ahead, Elliot. Yeah, so I'm I'm a Elliot. I'm a composer and um, music teacher, and uh, I've written a lot of kind of experimental, like post classical music, and uh, but also worked a lot in. Uh, folk and music production and um, early music. I have a, a big interest in. So yeah, wide range of genres. Done in a lot of different kinds of projects. Um, but uh, this was a really special one because it was something I always wanted to come back to, which is folk music that I love. And um, and we tackled this old story together and made uh, made something new. 
Yeah, my background is in folk music. I grew up playing Celtic music, and that's what I still do. And I'm also a classical singer. Fantastic. So how do we find you guys online and social media and all these things? The best place to watch the video for this, because we made a really neat music video, is um, just on YouTube. You would type in Tamlin, two words, T-A-M-L-I-N, really, um, just like it sounds. And then each of our names, Fiona Gillespie and Elliot Cole. And and uh, we have Facebooks as well, but I, YouTube is the, the place to find this this video and take a listen um, to the piece. And it's also on streaming platforms if you just want an audio version of it. Fantastic. We have got some great guests with us today that join us live here on our big, big program. So tell us what about this music video before we play it here. Uh, Elliot. Yeah, so we, we recorded this album and then got our friends together later to... Um, to shoot a beautiful video of a performance in the basement of this church uh, in in Manhattan, and um, and there's some staging, and you'll get to see a, a lot of crazy instruments. There's a lot of instruments that you've probably never seen before, including a theorbo, which is like a harp. Sorry, it's like a, a like a, kind of... a lute mixed with a harp. Yes, that's like ten feet long, and. Um, and some odd wind instruments and uh, string instruments. So uh, yeah, you'll see some old instruments. You'll see some, um, uh, uh, you know, this whole uh, live performance of a of our folk rock cantata album, opera, <laughs> yeah. baroque uh, thing. Fantastic. Well, we are going to do this. We're going to put you guys on a brief hold here on Skype, and we are going to play this song and we have got more coming up with our guests as they join us here on our sunday radio broadcast and you join us each and every week 2 p.m central 3 p.m eastern and of course here we go right now tam lynn
is a little bit of Tam Lynn. You can see the entire video and the entire song on YouTube. We will link it uh, on our website at themic.info. So we go back to Elliot and Fiona. They join us here on our big, big program talking a little bit about uh, this incredible, incredible track. And uh, you're joining us here on 990 WBOB out there in Rhode Island of all places. And you can find us each and every week on The Mix on Tuesdays. Yes, indeed. And it is the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast. Each and every Sunday, it is the Jiggy Jaguar experience live on 990 WBOB. Also, the mix on Tuesdays, and you can get a hold of us online at J-I-G-G-Y-J-H-E-U-A-R.com. Elliot Cole, Fiona, they are going to be back with us here in just a few moments. Still to come on this program, we are going to be talking to a uh, an interesting individual, but we're not going to spoil it for anybody. We are going to get to that. Um, we are patiently waiting on Skype to load here. Um, I am not sure what is uh going on here um 
Okay. Well. Uh, okay. Well. Huh. Okay. Well, we played the song and they disappeared. So, I guess we'll move on to our next guest. Get a hold of us online at JiggyJaguar.com. And uh, we will, I guess, figure it out. So, that is that. Um, I really don't know.